Welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, you guys. Thank you for joining us for another week of our wonderful little gaming podcast here. Uh, we have a adorable topic for you guys this week. We're going to be going and adventuring, or exploring the wonderful world of digital pets. But before we go into that further, we like to start off every single one of our episodes by throwing out some joyous plugs into the world. So why don't you kick us off, Chris, and give us your joyous plugs for the week? Uh, I've been on a co-op kick recently. Mm. Uh, my wife and I have been playing like different two-player games, and I just picked up Spirit Fair the ah, other day. I love that game. Which I'm yeah. Very excited to play. I know it's going to probably make me cry, but uh, it it looks awesome. Yeah. Very early on, you'll you'll get the tear jerks for sure. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for right now, we just beat the main story for Super Mario 3D World. Oh, cool. And we're doing the extra bonus worlds, which are, I think, some of the hardest platforming I've had to deal with or most annoying I feel like even if I did these stages solo, they'd be still a pain in the ass, but mm -hmm. it's fun. Like, it's weird. Like, it's it's aggravating because you know you can easily do the stage, but it's just hard. Right. You know, some platforms out there, they just make it fucking impossible. But this one, it's like it's there if you kind of take the time or learn the motion. But usually we're pretty impatient and just end up losing all our lives. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about uh, right. But I'm really enjoying it now. I'm like, okay, what other game on the Switch can I play? Because, I mean, the room that the Switch is in has an AC. Mm. So we're like, oh, we'll just stay in there because it's cool. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, oh, should I get Luigi's Mansion 3? Because I heard that's really fun. And I don't know. There's just a bunch. And for me, I'm like, okay, to curb my spending, I'm only going to buy it if it's physical. So it's kind of preventing me from buying a lot because mm -hmm. I would. But... Yeah, I'm excited. If anybody out there has any good like local co-op games, it doesn't have to be on the Switch. It can be on the PlayStation 4. It can be even on Steam. Mm -hmm. uh, we already have Overcooked because I know people will say that. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm open. We're we're fine with any kind of game. Nice. But yeah, what about you? Uh, for me this week, I really wanted to shout out some amazing podcasts out there. Like we've mentioned before, we are a pro podcast podcast, and we love to support the community out there. That's kind of the ultimate goal for this show, or at least it was when we first started it. Um, mm -hmm. And one or just a couple of the shows out there that are just really freaking killing it. Um, be sure to check out the Genre Geeks show. Uh, their stuff is really funny. They go over various topics from gaming to sports to movies to anime, anything you can think of. Um, and they have a little caveat right now that they're doing. It's something that is really fun. Uh, they're uh, setting up the basically Mount G more. Um, what they used to do is they used to uh, submit, I guess, like people or events or things like that for like their GG awards. So it's just like nice things that people would do. Um, and right now they're trying to set up Mount Gmore, which is <clears throat> basically immortalizing certain people or events uh, to be permanently remembered, right? So like greatest people huh. in history. So it's really fun to see what they're doing. Another show that's, that's cool. Yeah. Another show that's great out there right now. Side questing podcast is just killing it. They're fantastic. Uh, 
Play Your Own Way is really, really killing it right now. There's just so many podcasts out there for you guys to check out. Um, another great one that's off the video game path would be Believe Dick Podcast. And they just released their 100th episode. And they had a really fun little anniversary thing where they got clips from various fans um, basically celebrating their overall success. So there's a lot of great things out there. Be sure to celebrate everyone that you or all the podcasts that you love. Be sure to send out rates and reviews to all of those shows and ours as well, if you would and would be so kind, uh, because really that is the best way for all these shows to live and grow and continue to give you that content that you guys absolutely love. All right. So, Chris, are you ready for today's topic? Are you ready to? I am so ready. ready to dive in. I'm sweating at the palms. Oh, man, I'm sweating too, but it's because it's hot as hell in this room. But <laughs> yeah, it's like an oven yeah, in here. It's horrible. All right. So I'm going to be taking you back in time. All right. Here we go. We get ready to hop into our little time machine. Where are we going, Doc? We're going to 1996. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. So in 1996, you got to think about what games are coming out back then. What amazing titles were hitting the markets? We're talking about games like Tomb Raider, talking about Pokemon Red and Blue, Nintendo 64, or <laughs> Nintendo, Mario Kart 64, Crash Bandicoot. We have some amazing titles coming out there, but we will not be discussing any of those titles on today's podcast. We're going to be discussing something that i feel like epitomizes the 90s and a lot of our childhoods that is we're going full-on hipster today. oh my gosh you have no idea how hipster we're going right now no idea we're talking about the tamagotchi oh boy Ooh. the virtual pet the one that you get to hang from your keychain you got it hanging from your jinko jeans you got your liberty spiked hair you know Cargo shorts. Oh, gotta love them cargo shorts. It's more pockets to hold more Tamagotchis, honestly. Exactly. It just makes so much more sense to have those. But before we go into the history of Tamagotchi and everything like that, what's your experience with Tamagotchi? Were you a fan of them? Did you have them? What's your vibe on it? The closest thing I ever had to a Tamagotchi, well, you can kind of count two, but I think the second one's a little different. Uh, well, the first one would be... Uh, the Chow Garden on the Dreamcast VMU. Oh, hell yeah. Kind of take around and it would like grow and I stuff. I forgot about that. That was such a strong gimmick for that time frame of like, take your take your games with you, right? Like we didn't have handhelds mm -hmm. or they were, we did, but they there wasn't as much like interactivity with them. So it's just so weird to see that stuff. But I think the one that I, I love the most and to this day, it makes me sad that I lost it was the Pikachu one. Mm. I loved it. I took it everywhere with me. And it was just, that was like the only thing, only one I really got into. But man, I, I got into it. Yeah, That is. What about you? Same. I mean, for me, Tamagotchi, I did have a couple of them because I absolutely loved adorable things. Uh, <laughs> but then, I mean, the Pikachu one, for sure, I was so blown away by that thing. And it's crazy to look at it now where it's like, okay, that is straight up the origins of Pokemon Go. Like it had a pedometer attached mm -hmm. to it and everything, which was supposed to get children out there walking and being more active with their little Pikachu characters. But it ended up just being like, how much can you shake it while you're sitting on the couch? 
to get more movement out of there. So, of course, you know, you give gamers a system, they're going to find out how to game, you know, how to break it. So put on top of a washing machine. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about that. But I mean, that's pretty hilarious, actually. But it's it's. Sad but true, you know, like the the ultimate goal of it was great. It was the idea of getting people more active and getting out there and caring for a little digital pet, which is super amazing. But unfortunately, the Pokemon one, it's no longer with us. But we do still have the, you know, ancestor or the successor of it would be Pokemon Go. Uh, But back to Tamagotchi, these adorable little alien critters living in these little egg pods that you hang from your belt loop. And I would say we're equally cute slash annoying after a while i feel like they have like that furby syndrome right where they're fun at first mm-hmm. and then they just don't shut up <laughs> yeah and then they just keep going and just yeah after a while they did furbies are freaking oh too. furbies are terrifying but i would have to say that tamagotchi has a very interesting history behind it like they're not just these adorable little game systems that were made by bandai they are are so much more and it kind of has a i would say somewhat of a mm, like a strange lore and a messed up history for the creators themselves so let's hop right into this so they were originally created by aki maita um from bandai Uh, she came up with the idea i believe that she was just an artist working there at the time And she had this idea for adorable little pets to take on the go with her. Uh, Something small that you can carry with you, something easy and portable. So she reached out to Yokai Akihiro, who was a programmer at the time at Bandai, and he helped get this idea out there, right? Um, And, of course, Aki Maita was a, a female at the time, and, you know, sexism in gaming is definitely a thing, and it was running rampant, especially in the 90s. So unfortunately, she doesn't get the credit that she well deserves for creating Tamagotchis, but we'll go into that a little bit later. Before we hop into that, I want to hop into something a little bit more fun, which is the actual lore behind Tamagotchi. Now, this is bizarre beyond bizarre. This is just ridiculous. All right. So do you have and did you even know that there was a backstory to Tamagotchis? I I totally did not. I thought it was just some wealthy man with a capitalistic idea on digital little rodents. Right? Like thought that was it. It really does feel that way, right? Where it feels like this should have just been someone in a boardroom coming up with an idea to see how much money they can make. But it has so much more humble or such humble beginnings and more like Like sweet, I guess, right? But then you go into the actual lore that they built behind it, and it is batshit crazy. So here's this fictional character. His name is Professor Bonzo, and he is a hopeless romantic, which I can relate. I mean, I got a tattoo of a heart on my forearm, wearing my heart on my sleeve at all times. But (laughs) that's right. That's right, kids. Don't get tattoos when you're 18. Uh, But (laughs) so... Professor Bronzo was unfortunately dumped for the 100th time. Now, okay, before we go... 100 times? Yeah. <laughs> right? I was... There, there's a problem there. Like, he calls himself a hopeless romantic, but there's an issue if you're getting dumped 100 times. That's just a serial dater. Like, right? how how is that possible? I have 
And this is before the Tinder days, right? Too. So that's even more impressive. And I think the bigger issue here is the fact that he was dumped a hundred times. He didn't dump them. So <laughs> I think there's a bigger issue with Professor Bonzo here. Yeah. <laughs> there's something really awkward there. But after this hundred time, he was absolutely devastated. And so he decided to take a walk by the river to clear his head and kind of center himself because, you know, he's hurt. He's heartbroken. So while he's walking down the river, he happens to hear a splash. And so he goes and rushes to the, the sound. <clears throat> and there he finds these little adorable aliens called the Damagachi. And he gets to talking with them. He finds out that they can't actually survive in our atmosphere. It's too dangerous for them. Uh, they can't breathe earth air or whatever. So he decides to help them out by building them egg-shaped homes for them to survive in. And then that's the whole point is now you have to help these little aliens survive in our climate by feeding them, cleaning their poop and all that fun stuff. Right. Uh, but they do have some strange biology to them. So the, since it is a digital game, you can't have them really living in real time because kids are just going to get really tired of that, right? So for mm -hmm. the Tamagotchi, one day equals one year of life for them. Um, they do have a very short lifespan, but that's also related to the fact that one day is one year. And on death, they actually turn into angels and fly back to their their space planet, <laughs> which is just, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that was the whole history behind it. But yeah, apparently when they die, they go back to angel form and they end up flying back to their planet. Now, what's interesting about this, though, is that the angel version or like the fact that when your Tamagotchi dies, it just turns into an angel is mainly only for the American uh, releases of the Tamagotchi. In, in Japan, huh. their spirit would leave their body and then it would turn into an angel, but it would leave a gravestone behind, which the American market felt that it would be a little too grim for, you know, American children. So they decided to remove the gravestone and just keep the fact that it turns into an angel forms, which means it still survives, but now it's going back up to its planet, which is just straight up bizarre. It, it yeah, makes it no sense. Now, the word Tamagotchi has kind of a fun little play on words, at least in the Japanese language. Uh, the word for, or it's a, it's a mix between two words, right? So the first word is tamago, which means egg, and then tomodachi, which means friend. So if you combine those two together, you get Tamagotchi or egg friend, which kind of really plays into the whole fact that they're living in an egg casing Right. So it's just it's just adorable. It's freaking cute. <laughs> Everybody loves this. It is an instant hit worldwide like this goes nuts. And currently they have sold over 80 million like units of Tamagotchi. What? Yeah. It's insane to think about. And there's so many different variations of the Tamagotchi series they're still making yeah, them. Yeah, they are still making them. And they actually have... They're expensive. They have a mobile app now, too, so you can play Tamagotchi on the go on your phones, which makes complete what? sense that it would, you know, kind of go into that. And supposedly, I haven't really... I didn't look into this, but apparently there's a near version of Tamagotchi. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but 
whenever they die, it's actually a lot more tragic. <laughs> of I course. mean, if you played near, that's kind of expected, right? So Tamagotchis have, you know, created a lot of spin-offs from mangas and anime series. There's even movies out there, which is just crazy to think that this little pixelated critter that you keep on your belt loop has now branched out into mangas and movies and it's it's a huge hit it's insane to think about so after the release it's huge like we mentioned but then we start realizing some of the repercussions from this and we start getting some backlash not from the kids but actually from adults and the adults damn those adults they, they ruin everything they ruin all the fun right yeah. And it turns out they absolutely hate Tamagotchi <laughs> because they, they find <laughs> it annoying, which makes sense. So before we continue on with this, did you, you didn't say, you said you didn't have a Tamagotchi, right? No, just the Pikachu, okay. which isn't really the same thing. So I had one and I remember taking it to school and trying to take care of it, but you have to do it kind of secretly and the noise would constantly go off all the time. And this was a common trend for a lot of kids out there who were playing with their Tamagotchis. They would bring them to school because it's portable. It was made for you to bring it with you on the go. Now, unfortunately, they end up becoming banned at schools. They're getting confiscated left and right. And think about this. Think about the mass genocide of Tamagotchi critters out there who are just (laughs) dying in teachers' drawers like... (laughs) because they're a little annoying because they do sound kind of like alarm clocks that constantly keep going off because they're hungry or they're pooping or whatever it may be right so it's it's a sad thought to think about that how many teachers have killed countless tamagotchis throughout the world (laughs) this episode got really dark fast oh yeah trust me and in the later half the episode it might even get darker so (laughs) yeah it gets pretty bad for some of this stuff. Now, uh, I didn't know this, but did you know that the Tamagotchi can actually learn? Really? There's an AI in it? Kind of, yeah. So you can actually potty train your Tamagotchi. Oh. <laughs> so the, one of the big things is that they do alert you whenever they have to poop. They put up little stink lines or stress lines, and then they poop on the floor. Just like... Yeah, that's what I do. A little stress yeah, line. Yeah, same thing. I mean, I didn't know this was bad, but apparently it's not okay. And it's not socially acceptable by today's standards. Go figure, Damn. right? But <laughs> so there's actually like a little toilet button that you can press. And if you press it while their stress lines are going on, uh, there's a chance for them to use the toilet. And if you keep doing it, then eventually they'll learn to just use the toilet instead of just pooping on the floor, which means that you have to spend less time <laughs> taking care of your Tamagotchi. Right. So it's it's like it's like raising a child or a puppy or whatever. Right. So eventually they're just going to learn how to be potty trained, which makes it easier to take care of them, which kind of feels like it's counterintuitive to the whole idea of Tamagotchi where here, keep playing this more. So eventually you can play it less. Right. (laughs) So it it just (laughs) seems a little strange. Now. I mean, it's better than cleaning shit all the That's time. That's true, right? Because that poop will actually kill your little critter, which is kind of... Uh, oh, my yeah. God. So they get too stressed, they die, they die of old age, you don't feed them, they die. Like, there's so many ways to kill your Tamagotchi, and it just, it's it's difficult. It's a lot more... Death by yeah, poop. Death by poop. What a horrible way to go. Right. right. I mean, yeah, no, it's bad. 
You're just like <clears throat> covered in it, and it's just like you drown. It. Oh, yeah. can you imagine? That's horrible. Uh, it's like the <laughs> shit monster, or the shit golem from Dogma. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine that oh, coming God. out from your little Tamagotchi and getting them and turning them into a little angel. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some really strange spinoffs from the Tamagotchi. Uh, there's some new variants that were coming out because of how popular it was. They tried to branch out into little er- different areas. Uh, there's even one where it's a Santa Claus variant. I think it's called Santa Clausagachi. <laughs> where what? Yeah. Uh, so apparently the lore behind Santa Claus Agachi is that one of the Tamagotchis passes away, turns into its angel form, but it has learned about the spirit of Christmas and it brought it back to its home planet where it taught all the other Tamagotchis about Christmas. And that's where Santa Claus Agachi comes from. <laughs> so, oh my God. So you mentioned that these things are kind of expensive. Right. Some of them do go a little mm-hmm. pricey, but do you can you guess what style variant might be the most expensive Tamagotchi out there? Hello Kitty? No, unfortunately. It's a lot worse than that. <laughs> oh no. So one of the variants that actually is listed as the most or er, more most expensive version of Tamagotchi is the Devil Gotchi. So, so we have the little angels and devils. Uh, you, I mean, whenever your character dies, it does turn into an angel and passes on. But they came out with variants of the devil gachi, which was an evil version of the tamagachi, or a more mischievous version. Think Loki. Oh, I think I remember those. Yeah. So can you oh. can you guess how much a devil gachi is going for nowadays? And this is the one of the current listings on eBay right now. You can pick it up. I don't know, like 300 bucks? No. 500 yes. bucks? So it is $584.24. 24 cents. <laughs> Free shipping, though. So that's nice. Oh, nice. Be- $300 is yeah. the shipping right or there. Or best offer. So. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, the little devil gachi, is actually listed as the most expensive Tamagotchi currently on the market. Um, you can pick some up for like, you know, five, ten bucks here or there, just depending on where you get them. And those are the normal ones. Or you can just get the mobile app currently. So they are still making them. So that's why the other prices aren't as high. But this line was discontinued. So that's why it's a lot more expensive currently. And this is just going off of eBay listing. So the real value is basically how much is it willing or someone's willing to pay for it. No one's bought this yet. So it's kind of skeptical to say to uh, that that. that is the actual price point of this thing, right? Or the worth. Looking at uh, import sites right now, it seems like the normal average price, like you would buy it from like a shop, is around 300 Jesus. Which is still pretty That's high. That's horrible. That's horrible. It, just get the app. <laughs> right. Just get the app. It looks so cool, though. So, like we mentioned, that this soul is has sold over 80 million worldwide. Huge, huge success, right? A big win for Bandai. And it is worldwide. Everyone loves this little guy. It has variations, like we mentioned, the manga, the movies. It, it's crazy how much this is. It's basically a win all the way around. But here's the sad part for Tamagotchi. Despite all the overwhelming success, uh, Aki, the original creator, has never 
even gotten a raise or a promotion for the creation of the Tamagotchi during her time at Bandai. She got nothing. Nothing for this. She just continued working her normal job at Bandai, which is horrible. That's yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. What I mean, that's we talk about the inequality in the gaming industry, and it's clear as day right there. Aki created a multi-million dollar idea for Bandai. They took it, ran with it, and gave her basically no credit for it. Or no recognition, wow. which is horrible. But she did get some credit for it. There is she has been listed at winning the nineteen ninety seven LG Nobel Prize. Oh boy. So you're familiar with the Nobel Prize, right? It's yes. given to a lot of the greatest minds in history. Well, the LG Nobel Prize is a <laughs> kind of a Razzie's version of the Nobel Prize. It's a joke. It's kind of meant to be a little silly, and this is the only award that she's been listed for winning uh, for the creation of Tamagotchis. And she actually won the award for economics for diverting millions of persons' hours of work into the husbandry of virtual pets. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So, I mean, just an even deeper cut into the unfortunate history behind the Tamagotchi life is that... She wasn't credited or she wasn't really awarded anything at her time at Bandai. And then the only award she gets is basically a Razzie, which is just sad to see. It sucks, but it's terrible. It's so mean. It's it's unfortunate, but that's kind of kind of the world we're living in. So after all that, are you going to go out there and buy a Tamagotchi? Are you going to spend the 300? You ready to, to husbandry some virtual pets? I'll just do it on Pokemon. How about that? Yeah, fair enough. It's it's easier that way. And you can actually fight them and have more fun with it. So Yeah, and you get more than just one. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to worry about it pooping all over itself and dying from the poop. <laughs> yeah, that too. So I would say that Tamagotchi is probably the most popular version of virtual pets. Right? It's the one that kind of it feels like it really sparked this idea and brought it out to the masses that it's something that can be, you know, copied and replicated and with great success. Right. There's some other ones out there where apparently like you can fight them, like similar to Pokemon, you guys can do like karate stuff and there there's a, a bunch of different variants on it. You find yourself staring down the mouth of a dark cave, hearing the low rumble of something large inside. This is it. Everything you have been fighting for lies just within this cave. (laughs) Hey man, what's the matter? This is your big ending fight scene. Yeah, sorry about that. I've just been so tired today. Feels like I've been hit with like two points of exhaustion. You know what? I have just this thing to get you back into the adventuring spirit. Really? Of course. I have a delicious roast from Geek Grind Coffee. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. What kind of brews do they have? They have blends like Dragon's Roast, Dwarven Dawn, Wizard's Mist, and so much more. They have even one celebrating Jim Hansen's The Labyrinth, The Goblin King's Elixir. Whoa, those sound awesome. I'm waking up just hearing about them. Is there an easy way for me to pick up some? I got you. 
For the fans of our show, if you visit geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at the checkout, you will get 20% off your order. Whoa, that's great. So you're saying if I go to geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at checkout, I'll get 20% off my order? That's amazing. That's right, yo. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for this adventure. Bring it on. Hey, that's a natural 20. Just like the discount you can get when entering the promo code GLITCH at geekgrindcoffee.com. Level up your morning with Geek Grind Coffee. So now we're going to be jumping forward a little bit in time to 1999. Remember, we got a party like it's 1999. You got to listen to Prince. It's going to be amazing for that. Y2K. Yeah, we're almost there. This is, yeah, actually, with the creation of this franchise, it's bringing about the end of the world because, all right, this is not just a virtual pet. This is, <laughs> this is, oh, oh my God. This is just insane advertisement. This is, Horrible advertisement target toward children, right? Talk about Joe Cool Camel and all that shit. This is worse because it is truly hidden by a facade of adorable critters. This is Scientology <laughs> wrapped into a story about virtual pets. This is basically just horrible conglomerate corporations taking over and manipulating children. Mm. It's it's rough. And we are talking. The best kind of evil. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the true evil, right? Corporations are, are the ones that are destroying everything around us. Move over, Bezos. Yeah. yeah, Bezos has nothing on this. So we are talking about Neopets. Da, 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 da. <laughs> In 1999, <laughs> we bring about Neopets. Now, do you have any history with Neopets? Um... I remember like checking it out. I had a lot of friends that were in the Neopets, but I, I was, I don't know. I felt like I remember like, I think playing around a little bit on it, but I never got like into it. Like my friends did. I was more so just focused on like gaming consoles. And then as for like the internet side, I was more so just in the message boards. I, I acknowledged them. I always saw it there, but. I don't know. I felt like it was too. No offense. I thought it was a little too weird for me. So I never got into it. It's I feel like it's a very niche market. I didn't I mean, I played it a little bit. I didn't really get too far into it because it was just a little too much for me. Um, I feel yeah. like this came out around the time for, you know, like it, there was so many other like better <laughs> games to play. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is the time that. If you look at it, like we talked about Legend of Dragoon last episode, this is the same amount of time when like Final Fantasy VIII, Legend of Dragoon, all those amazing titles were coming out. So I feel like, you know, my 10-year-old self at the time, who was much too adult to be playing Neopets, that was a kid's game. <laughs> it was like the game that like people would be playing like while they're like typing on Live Journal or their MySpace, and it's like... Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it was that crowd. Yeah. This was a very like this was a insanely popular franchise that got brought to the world. 
So a little bit of history behind it. This was actually created by Adam Powell and Donna Williams. Now, these guys, they were a couple. Uh, they apparently met in high school. They ended up going to university together. It's they're they're British, right? So it's this Neopets is actually oh, those yeah, Brits. They take over everything. They couldn't win us over from the you know Boston Tea Party and all that fun stuff. We 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 got away <laughs> from them, but they're trying to bring us back with Neopets, <laughs> right? And they succeeded horribly. Um, but yeah, so they Adam Powell was actually um, in advertisement at the time. But he wasn't succeeding very well in that field. He ends up trying to, he creates a company, his own advertisement company, uh, while in college that is basically just running banner ads. And then they're just trying to figure out how to kind of make money off of that. Um, so the idea of Neopets actually comes from the fact that they had a shit ton of pets in their household. And they wanted to bring that love for pets to the masses. And what better way to do that than over the internet, right? So it's a browser game. And conveniently, Adam Powell is able to run his banner ads through Neopets as well. So they found a way to make a crap ton of money early on with Neopets. Uh, Donna Williams, his significant other, actually was the one who did the original artwork for the Neopets. Uh, but apparently in one of the interviews of Adam Powell, she wasn't the greatest of artists. <laughs> so a lot of the original Neopets were like clip art or weird little images that they just pulled from the internet. And it's even said that one of the earliest Neopets was actually an image taken from the internet of a famous British comedian. So it wasn't even an animal. Yeah, it wasn't even an animal. It was just a person <laughs> that they, you know, ripped <laughs> off and made an image of. So it's kind of funny to see where it came from. But it ends up being a massive success. It, it's growing rapidly and it's growing so fast that Adam Powell and Donna, they don't, they can't keep up with it because this isn't their forte. They're not, they didn't know it was going to blow up that quickly. So what they ended up doing is they end up hiring a CEO who's more familiar with rapid growth companies and his name is Doug Doring. So Doug Doring is a very interesting character. Right. And I know we're straying away from Neopets and what they actually are. They are adorable critters like that you can play with, similar to Tamagotchis. You raise them, you play games with them, you get little costumes for them, you feed them, all that fun stuff. Right. So they are adorable critters geared toward children. But the background, the stuff going on in the background is so much more interesting and it kind of shows how I would definitely say how evil this corporation is becomes and it all starts with doug doring right doug doring as soon as he came on he made neopets explode they ended up hiring new artists and things like that they ended up changing the looks of the neopets to what we know of them now as these adorable little like basically alien looking critters like they're like little dragons or whatnot it's very reminiscent of tamagotchi it's like if you took the pixelated tamagotchis and made them more real right so mm -hmm. doug doring is actually go figure a scientologist <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. and he is quoted to have been or it said that he quoted l ron hubbard constantly in the office to the point where uh, apparently some ex-employees of Neopets 
had said that it got to the point where it was incredibly uncomfortable working there because of how much he was quoting L. Ron Hubbard and trying to bring Scientology into it and kind of push his faith on other people in the office, which is a little strange. And here's yeah, that's weird. Here's one of the strangest bits that I found was that some unlisted, very obscure celebrities who were members of the Scientology Church would actually frequent the office of Neopets. They would go in and get tours of the Neopets office a lot, <laughs> which is really, huh. really strange. And what I took from that, I mean, it sounds like they're kind of using it to move some money around. Um, if you don't know about Scientology, you end up having to pay to gain uh, understanding of the faith and gain knowledge of what you're actually, you know, being faithful towards. And it's a lot of money. So mainly the people who were Scientologists, Scientologists were very rich, like Tom Cruise or um, uh, John Travolta are some of the very famous Scientologists out there. So it said that they even might have, you know, graced the hallways of the Neopets Corporation at one point in time, which is very, very strange. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to think right? about. You think about these adorable little critters and then you see like, oh, Tom Cruise is just kind of walking around the hallways. It's, it makes no sense. He's just there on his browser, just like petting his little Neopet. <laughs> Feeding them little omelets every single day, making sure that they're getting their <laughs> exercise in. <laughs> so one of the ways that Neopets made money was through advertisements. And they were known for immersive advertisements. So do you know what the term immersive advertisement is? Uh, basically trying to get you, like, make you feel like you're there in the ad. Yeah. Basically, they're, right. they're using like, let's say if you want to give your little Neopet a drink, it would be like you, instead of just giving them a regular cola, you're giving them a Mountain Dew. Right. So like the mm. product is placed within the game. So it, it's up front or yeah, it's up front and center for the audience to actually interact with. And it starts to kind of get ingrained into children's minds. Right. This is build for kids. So they're just being surrounded by all these advertisements. There's all kinds of really fun, oh, quote unquote fun, right? They're all ripoffs on actual <laughs> games, uh, but like Blockbreaker, things like that, right? Mm -hmm. And they all are th like business themed. Like McDonald's was a really big advertisement company that they, or really big company that they ran ads for within their games. And they had a lot of like little puzzle games and things like that that you could play, but they were all skinned with McDonald's products. So this was one way to kind of get kids more and more into McDonald's itself. Right. Um, and one of the things that I felt that was the most I guess like insidious way of getting children into Neopets was the fact that in order to earn, oh, sorry, the currency in Neopets was known as Neopoints. And you need that in order to get your critters food and accessories and all that fun stuff, right? Makes mm -hmm. sense. But they actually ran surveys on Neopets for kids to do, and their reward was Neopoints. So, oh, like, God. they were actually running marketing surveys to children to give them a fake currency that they can then use in Neotopia <laughs> to buy their animals little, like, more crap, right? So, 
Like, imagine Fortnite doing this with V-Bucks. Like, they're just giving these surveys out to kids. Like, that like, wouldn't last. It wouldn't fly is... anymore. Yeah. So, if these advertisements... If these advertisements actually bug you or if you're a parent that is really bothered by them and your child really wants to play this and you're being a supportive parent and you want them to, you know, do what they love and have fun doing it, you could actually pay to play the game without ads. So that would, of of course, course. and that actually, you know, of course, cost real money. You can't pay with Neopoints. You actually have to put in real money to remove these ads. So I feel like... It's interesting to see that now because that model is so widely used in mobile gaming. Like this is just a normal feature to have. You have your free free to play games, but then you could pay to remove advertisements or, you know, get those kind of things. So I really feel like like Neopets paved the way for mobile games as far as making this a socially acceptable thing. Right. Yeah. That's really like the first I've ever heard. Like that happening because you didn't really have that before yeah you paid for not have ads yeah it's really strange but like since advertisement or running ads was basically the core of this because remember this company or this franchise was created by somebody who ran an advertisement firm he wasn't a gaming Mm -hmm. firm it wasn't you know it wasn't the World Wildlife Federation, and they're trying to get people to care about animals. This was a guy who wanted to make money in advertisement, so he made a game revolving around advertisement. So it's just, it's all just backwards and just horrible. It's a money-grabbing scheme, ultimately. Yeah. So another way in which Neopets went out and tried to take money from children and did it very successfully and it's something that once again we see a lot nowadays is by creating varied amounts of rarity to the items within the games so it's 100 percent the loot box system right the more yeah, uh. that i this is probably one of the first times you see loot box systems or a form of them in games well i would say this is like a quote-unquote game right i i feel like at this point it's kind of hard to even say it's a game because it's just a way for the company to make as much money as possible so what this did is this created a very high demand for certain items and the only way to get some of them was to be logged in at certain amounts of time right like very specific time in like real world so people were logging in constantly into this site and what's crazy is it's still active. You can go right now and create a Neopets like character and actually still play. Yep, the- just looking at it right now. <laughs> you can still play this damn thing, which is horrible. And one of the bad things about it currently is that apparently it's almost impossible for new players to actually fully enjoy the game. Right. It's it's almost impossible for them to get all of the items that you need because inflation in Neopets is a real thing. <laughs> this shouldn't be. Of course, this shouldn't be a thing. Inflation in video games should not be a thing, like especially in a digital game. Like, come on, what is going on? It's so weird. But they got COVID, too. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard for the Neopets community. They have to make little <laughs> digital masks and stuff like that. It's, <laughs> but it's so strange to see. But apparently, because people have been playing for so long, like there's actually people out there who have been playing this game their entire life, like 18 plus years, which is just nuts to think about, right? Um, 
it's so strange. It's very it's depressing. It's very depressing <laughs> whenever you say it. But hey, if it makes them happy, you know, like... Yeah, to each their own, right? Yeah. yeah. And it, I think that's the big thing here. Like, yes, this corporation is pretty much evil, and they do end up lining up with some even eviler corporations. But it's, you know, to each their own. If it's not hurting anyone, oh well, right? It's fine. It's fine. Maybe. It's not that fine. <laughs> But they're like because people have been playing for so long, they have so many neo points stacked up that the game now has items that are worth like an ungodly amount of neo points. Where it feels like it's almost impossible for new players to ever acquire these items. So we're starting mm. to run into some really strange issues with that, where people aren't enjoying it as much. And yes, they are rewarding the players who have been there for longer, which is great, but. Now it's almost impossible for newer players to fully, fully enjoy the game itself. It's kind of like when you go into, you know, World of Warcraft and you're a new character hopping in and then all of a sudden in the hub world, some like high level person comes up and just drops all their magic spells at your feet just to show off real quick. And then you're like, well, fuck this game. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of what it feels like as far as Neopets is doing. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's that they would do it's that. It's really strange. And I, this is all due to the fact that it has gone through a couple different companies throughout its lifetime. So, like I said, this was started in 1999. And then in 2005, this was sold to Viacom. Um, and if people don't know who Viacom is, it is actually the company that owns such stations like Nickelodeon, MTV, Comedy Central, and so much more. This is a huge conglomerate company where their main idea is how to get ads like immersive advertisement to children and to the masses like it's kind of a weird thing to think about but viacom is really fucked up in that way where it was really gearing to get people hooked on things right that, that was their big deal yeah. i mean look at nickelodeon mtv it's hard not to watch those shows i mean we all know about the the nickelodeon emblem right with the foot you know what that no, means right I don't. you no. don't the the guy that created nickelodeon has a foot fetish and that's why the emblem for nickelodeon's a foot that's and it's been proven that he's like asked like girls on sets oh like my god asking for feet that's disgusting that's yeah. horrible and this company's still around come on <laughs> it's horrible yeah horrible but okay we digress in 2005 neopets has over 90 million accounts Oh my God. 90 million accounts. That's a country. And what's even stranger is that apparently there is around 36 million individual accounts. <laughs> so that means that most people have multiple accounts on Neopets to, you know, get different items for different things and figure out how to trade amongst each other. So it's kind of weird, right? So in 2005, this company sold for $60 million which is insane wow. for Neopets. Like, that's just crazy. But it makes sense because if you look at all the corporate branding that's attached to this, it's just a money-making machine. You're just going to keep pump printing out money. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Now, apparently, uh, at this time, uh, Adam Powell and Donna Williams, the original creators of Neopets, decide, like they didn't really have any say in the company anymore, um, especially after they hired... Um, Doug Doug Doring, right? He took over all of the decisions. And so they sold to Viacom without the 
you know, the grace of the original developers or designers of this game. So they end up kind of bowing out. They're, they're over it. They're kind of tired of it. And they see how messed up the game has become, but they have no say in it anymore, right? So once it's sold to Viacom, it starts to kind of lose its steam. It's losing a little bit of its glory or like the 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 beer goggles are coming off, right? As this easy way of putting mm-hmm. it. It's still widely popular today, but it's not hitting those numbers that it used to. And then eventually in 2014, it gets sold to Jumpstart, which is another pretty big company. And it's continuing to lose a lot of its players and people are starting to drop off more and more. But I, one of the weirdest things to come from the the switch over to Jumpstart is that in the forms, they're starting to kind of get censored, which is really, really strange. Uh, oh like boy. there's even rumors that <laughs> a lot of the people at the company did not like Twilight. <laughs> And any mentions of vampires or Edward or Bella or whatever were not just eradicated or not removed from the chat. They were changed. The words that were used were actually adjusted to different words to stay away from those franchises. What? They were just Team Jacob and they were jealous. (laughs) That's exactly what it sounds like. But it's so that they can stay loyal to the brands that they currently have. So since they didn't have those brands, they didn't want to show any bit of loyalty to them or any graces to them. So they actually adjusted, supposedly they adjusted some of the, the, the threads and things like that to different words so that it wasn't, didn't have any relation to these franchises like Twilight, which is insane to think about. And how horrible is that to basically have your word censored? And imagine some of these people playing for 18 plus years to have their words and their ideas censored on something that they grew up loving. It just makes no sense. That's fucked yeah. up. So they're continue- the decline is still continuing. But like I said, Neopets is still around and you can definitely still create an account today if you really want to. And if you want to play some branded games, go for it. Have some fun with it, but try your damnedest not to dump any real world money into that. Please, (laughs) please, for the love of God, don't do that. There's better things to put money into. So that's the history of Neopets and that's the history of Tamagotchi. That's what I got for you. What are your thoughts on the overall digital pets things now? So I think nowadays with like virtual pets, it's mostly, you know, just in games. Like, you don't really see many browser-focused ones anymore. Uh, for Neopets, there's... I was looking at one the other day, and it's called Mara Pets. Mm. And it seems to be kind of the same thing. It's another browser-based game. It's got levels, arcade. It it literally looks like Neopets, but mm. better. Um uh, I personally think that's probably the more like kid-friendly one. If we want to get more into the adult kind, where it's it's a little bit different, right? Club so, Penguin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh hell yeah, Club Penguin was the shit. <laughs> See, that was me. I was all about Habo Hotel and Club Penguin while all my friends were in the Neopets, mm. and um, just because I loved like just trolling in that. But anyway, so. I know a lot of people are going to grumble when they hear blockchain gaming and NFTs and stuff, but uh, if you're on Twitch, you probably saw a random game kind of get a bunch of viewers at one point called Axie Infinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's 
to me, it's kind of like a mix between Neopets and Pokemon in a sense that, you know, you collect like three axes and you can do battles with them, but also you can have them on a plot of land where they can, you know, farm materials, which you, by doing that, you're like staking, right? I'm not going to get deep in the blockchain ideology and stuff, but you earn tokens, which then you can sell for, you know, real cash. So a lot of people are playing this game to actually make money off of it, right? And that's how it got big. It's basically like Neopets where you can actually make a ton of money if you do it right. Uh, problem is this game is like blown out of proportion right now. So everything's expensive. Um, when I first was going to get into it, one Axie was maybe like 25 real dollars. Now the cheapest one on the market is $150. And you have to buy three of those to really start farming. Because you are going to make money from this. It's just, you know, hard. It's slow. That's horrible. And to buy the land to actually farm where you actually would make a lot of money, the cheapest plot of land is 11000 real dollars. Which is crazy. Which means if you got into this back when it was first starting, you're probably close to a million dollars you know but to me i think once the the digital economy kind of with cryptocurrencies gets better and it becomes more stable where it's cheaper and people could afford it i think that you know it could be like a decent alternative in a different way but i also feel like nowadays because people are on their phones digital pets just don't really seem viable anymore Mm -hmm. i don't know like on a mobile phone maybe it could work but like a tamagotchi yeah obviously people still like it you can carry it around with you but something like neopets people are so busy nowadays that they're not gonna have time to sit there and take care of their pet you know in the early or the late 90s early 2000s we didn't have the internet on our phone Mm -hmm. yet you know, people would just sit on the computer because, whoa, the Internet's actually cool now. And it's like, it makes sense. You know, it's it's not something that's supposed to last. And why play Neopets when you can actually play a cool virtual pet system like Pokemon or, you know, Digimon, yeah. which is the better game. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's it's just like that to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's crazy to see where it's come and. I really feel that like games like Neopets paved the way for blockchain gaming. It it proved that that formula works, and it's it's horrible. <laughs> it, it, in my yeah. opinion, for some people, they'll get rich. Other people, they're going to put money into it, and it's not going to work out for them, and they're going to end up losing a lot yeah. of money. You know, it's a gamble. Yeah. It's just a it's all a money grabbing scheme, but. All right, you guys, that's going to do it for us this week. We hope that you enjoyed our little episode going into virtual pets. And if you enjoyed Neopets or Tamagotchi or another one of those virtual pets out there, let us know which one you loved because we are curious about that. We'd like to know what it is. And, you know, if you are still playing them, good for you. You know, just enjoy it. Like we said, do you. If it brings you happiness and joy, run with it. It's totally fine. It's not a horrible thing. As long as it's not interfering with your life, you're able to function as a human being with society, then why not, right? 
Why not have some fun? If that's your stress reliever, reliever, that's totally fine. It's cool. Why not, right? But yeah, like I said, thank you guys. That's it for this week. And join us again next week for another fun and exciting episode. All right. Bye. Bye.